What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Hill Varsity Club is opening in Omaha this May and is hiring for all hospitality positions. Do you love elevated food, exciting events, and having fun at work? Join our team by applying today at HillVarsityClub.com. Hill Varsity Club will feature a next-level mix of classic sports bar favorites and contemporary creations with indoor and outdoor seating and memorable live events like live music and sports watch parties. We can't wait to grab a burger and a beer at HVC this May. Apply for all front or back-of-house positions now at HailVarsityClub.com. Welcome to Meathead Test Kitchen, where food and fitness come to hang out. Nutrition, training, and life. It's all fair game on Meathead Test Kitchen. Welcome to Flexible Dieting 101, where you are going to learn all you need to know about all things related to flexible dieting, of course. In this episode, we're going to talk to you about some things that you need to know before you seek out a macro calculator or even pick up a dumbbell. Today, we'll talk about really, really, really core things that we believe here at Meathead Test Kitchen are essential to your your nutrition and your exercise journey. Uh, We'll touch on restriction, consistency, balance, and patience. We're going to use those words a lot. You will hear them very, very frequently. There's skills that we will talk about developing quite a bit during the first several episodes because they are super helpful if you do want to make sustainable, lasting changes for both your nutrition and fitness without sacrificing your sanity. You're going to hear us say mainly consistency and balance so much that you're going to want us to bleep that and not the cuss words. I mean, if we made a drinking (laughs) game out of it, you would be wasted by the time we're done. We're going to get you wasted with knowledge. Hot damn. (laughs) Restriction is necessary to a point, but when does restriction become detrimental? Well, if you ask a lot of people on Instagram, you have to sacrifice everything to reach your health and fitness goals. That's simply not true. The more you restrict things, the less likely you are to stick to the plan because you're going to fucking hate it. So why set yourself up for failure? And that's exactly what restrictions do is setting yourself up for failure in the long run, especially because it just isn't sustainable. Like no one's going to keep doing something that they hate doing or aren't happy doing. So why would you deny yourself things that you enjoy eating? My opinion on dieting in general has changed like quite a bit over the last probably five years in its, in its entirety. I remember when you came to me the first time when you were looking at really, really dialing in your nutrition and I was like, homie, you got to eat more. And you're like, what, what do you mean? I need to eat more. You need food. Yeah. I was eating 1200 calories a day. That was all I was eating. Yeah. You're living on poverty calories. And I was like, I don't understand why I'm so tired all the time. I don't understand why I have zero energy and I motivation isn't dependent on how much you're eating motivation. But it helps. Yes. Yes, it does. I think that framing your eating habits in the box that is dieting Mm -hmm. as a whole in and of itself in general is just shit like it's not a thing that should I think that dieting and diet culture should like just kind of go away (laughs) you need to look at it this way you have a diet your diet is what you eat every day you're not going on a diet 
Yeah. Fuck that. We're not doing that because it's not sustainable and it will cause more damage than it will do good. We're not going yes. on a diet. You're not going on a diet. You are making long-term sustainable changes. And that's going to take some time. Yeah. It's a, it's a mindset thing really at the end of the day. The thing about how most of us think, most of us think about diets and dieting usually comes from and with a set of restrictions of some kind. Yep. Like keto for example, never eat carbs again, like isn't a thing. And it shouldn't be a thing for most people. You need, your body requires carbs. Even on keto, you require a certain amount of carbs. Yes. Yes. Even on keto, you still require carbs. Let me let that sink in for you. You need carbs. Carbs are your friend and you should never, you should never cut an entire food group out like that. Ever. Like, Ever. We'll talk about that more. Yes, but we, we could do a whole entire episode just on that. Like the type of carbs, carbs that you're feeding your body, those do matter. But it doesn't mean that you can never have chips or a candy bar again or f- fucking fruit. Eat fruit, dude. Fruit's the best fruit carb. Fruit is amazing and it has fiber in it. Helps you shit. Like <laughs> you need to poop. Like you, you need carbs so you can poop. Real talk for one second. <laughs> we're going to cover all of it and we're going to have an entire episode called Girl Stuff. So just, just so you're aware of that in the future. But you need to be pooping multiple times a day. If you're not pooping twice a day, there might be something wrong and you might need more fiber or H2O. Like yeah. these are things that I wish somebody would have told me when I started this. Yeah. Hey, you're going to be on the toilet constantly because you're going to be peeing every 45 <laughs> minutes and you're going to shit three or four times a day. Congratulations. Welcome to fitness. It's normal. It, it is. is so it is normal. Everybody poops. And you'll I think find there's a that, children's book about that. Literally. <laughs> you'll find your schedule too. That's weird. Like yeah. your body, when yeah. your body gets what it needs, when it needs it, it starts to hit its own rhythm. And that's a really cool thing to discover. We'll talk about that in the future as well. Cause that's kind of advanced right now. Right. We're really just digging into what it is to be flexible eating. So to change how your body looks and feels you do need to make some changes in your lifestyle. However, chasing your goals doesn't require saying goodbye to life as you know it. You can cut back on stuff like junk food. I limit myself one can of soda every day. Mm-hmm. Usually I save it for after training. It's my treat. One can of soda every day. You can have a soda. If you are addicted to caffeine, drink coffee, drink tea. Diet soda is okay in moderation, but mm-hmm. be careful with artificial sweeteners because they might Like I have friends that have migraines that are like flared by artificial sweeteners. And so do your homework, but you can still enjoy stuff. You can still have a beer every day. Just don't drink the six pack in one sitting, save the six pack for the weekend, get another six pack for the week where you just have one. Yeah. That could be your treat. Like maybe that's your form of a treat to yourself. However you want to treat yourself for sticking to the plan is totally fine. And that is 100% up to you. Nobody else gets to decide that for you. If you want to have a fucking beer, have a beer, beer. have a beer. You're an adult. Yeah. You need to find how to enjoy this process. And that does mean indulging yourself every now and then. It's like personal preferences, man. Like you, like you're going to keep saying we're going to beat you're an adult into the ground, but (laughs) you, you need to have the freedom of making your own decisions on what you want to eat. It just, the moderation part of it 
is the hardest part to be consistent on, I think, sometimes when you're first starting out. Yes, and decision-making around food is very, very important because you need to remember that food is your friend. So when you shun entire factions of food, you're setting yourself up for negative feelings towards that food, and it's counterproductive to moving you forward in your journey. Like, it could inadvertently put you in eating disorder territory. Yeah. You have to be very careful when it comes to balancing your intake and making sure that you're getting everything that you need. Yes. And like, we're all human. Like having a pint of ice cream isn't the end of the world. Hell, that's usually my Sunday treat to myself. Yeah. They have like legit, really good, um, the Target brand of ice cream, the little pints. Yes. I was like, this is the best thing I've ever eaten, like ever in my entire life. Theirs is really good if you can do whey protein. If you can't do dairy, uh, Baker's has oh, yeah. very, very good almond milk ice cream. And there's a caramel version and you crunch up pretzels on top oh, of it. That sounds it's amazing. So good. Food is, oh. food is amazing. See, look at <laughs> I'm talking about ice cream like it's pornography. You can have muscles and also eat ice cream. It's, it's like the balance thing. It's when you continue that habit frequently, like an everyday thing, that's what hinders your progress. When people stop thinking about food that they're eating, like it's a diet, or thinking that it's off limits in general, or telling yourself, I can't have this and I can't have that. But you start thinking more about the food, about like the food that's going in your body and what it can do for you. The food you're putting inside your body is to propel you towards output and allow you to be able to do shit, like just in general in your day. We will refer to that from now on as eating for performance because that's what you're doing. If you're going to work out, you're performing. You are an athlete in some capacity. You're not a high-level athlete per se. I'm not a high-level athlete either. But if you're going to be doing the output, you need to – it's science. You need to have something in the tank to be able to have a result at the end. Yes. Otherwise, you're going to puke. You're going to pass out. You're going to feel like hot garbage. Yeah. Like – I actually made that mistake the other day myself. Like, I know better. I should have eaten. I didn't eat enough for what I was going to be doing that day. I wasn't able to perform the way that I normally would because I didn't fucking eat enough. I still struggle with not eating enough some days, especially right <laughs> now hard. because it's a stressful time to be an adult. Yes. And yeah, when, I'm, when I'm anxious and when I'm stressed, the first thing I don't do is eat. Yeah. I caffeinate because I'm anxious as fuck, but I don't eat. And then I go work out and I feel like garbage. And I'm like, oh, why do I feel like shit? I can't lift that 205 off the floor. Oh, Oh, it's because I haven't eaten today. I forgot. You need to eat. If you want to do badass shit, you need to eat some badass meals. And that means eating a lot of food. Like a lot. A lot, a lot. I've doubled, like, I doubled what I was eating before. I clear between 2,500 and 3,000 calories a day. Yeah. That's just how it is. Yeah. (laughs) It's... Because the number might sound shocking to some people, but when you actually explain to them why and do the breakdown, yeah. which we'll do in a, another episode, it, it starts to click. It does. But spoiler alert for that episode, the more muscle mass you build, the faster your metabolism works, so the faster you burn energy. Mm-hmm. That is what you're trying to figure out. That's your Tetris. Yeah. Like everybody has their own box of Tetris pieces when it comes to how you eat and how you work out. Yeah. Your mission is to figure out how to put those fuckers together so that they fit. Yes. Yeah. And think of it in a way for you that works to make the Tetris that is your brain and then your nutrition and fitness work all together. You have to make it work for you. Yes. Yes. That's the entire thing. Like the baseline for everybody is basically the same, but how you think about it and how you execute it are going to vary dependent on the individual. Yes. 
because certain bodies react to different food groups differently. Like me and dairy, we're not friends. Yeah. I watch you suck down protein shakes. Like there, <laughs> there's no tomorrow. I like, love a good protein shake. Now. We're, we're all, we're all built differently. <laughs> the building blocks are essentially the same. The theory is the same, but the execution is going to be different for everyone. Yes. And that is, I think, one of the most daunting things to consider when it comes to doing this. It's you're going to have to do some work. Yeah. It, it's not like a um, box and you open it and like there's all your answers. Like it doesn't, that's just not how it works. But we've been told the majority of our lives that you have to diet this way or here's this diet. If you do this, you can have this. And it, but it's not like that. It's not a sustainable thing. Yeah, it might work for a couple months. And you might lose a few pounds, but if you're fucking miserable, why would you stick to it? Yeah. Here's my editorial on diet culture. Are you ready? Yes. Fuck diet culture. <laughs> Period. And scene. The end. <laughs> That's Welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs> diet culture is so destructive. Yeah. I, I was on a vegetarian diet where I was eating, mm, I would say sub 1500 calories a day. Guess what happened? My hair fell out. My nails got brittle. My skin looked like shit. My joints felt like shit. Fuck diet culture. All of it. You don't need that bullshit. They've yeah. tried to tell you that you've needed it for 20 years. I have seen it my entire life growing up as a kid that was born in the late 80s. Yeah. I've seen all of it. I've seen Atkins. I've seen Slim Fast. I've seen South Beach. I have seen it all. Yeah. None of it is sustainable. None of it. You have to think about any anything that you're trying to, like, usually the reason people want to go on a diet is because they want a drastic change of some kind. If you want a drastic change of some kind, that drastic change takes time. Yes. You have to figure out what you enjoy doing and then do that thing, especially when it comes to food and almost exclusively when it comes to food, in moderation. Find what you want to do, what foods make you happy, what things you're willing to give up that you won't miss. Yeah. And then that's your base. And then you build upon it from there. Yep. And when it comes to eliminating things or subbing things out of your diet, start using a great place to start. And this is where I started. Fat-free, reduced fat, and low-carb stuff does serve a purpose. Mm -hmm. And that purpose is getting you to eat more volume of food while having less calories per serving. Right. So this is where meathead eating starts to get a little nerdy, and we'll dig into that some more. But start using fat-free, reduced fat, and no-sugar-added versions of foods. That will allow you to keep enjoying these flavors that you will miss without fucking your entire day. Ketchup? Yeah. Ketchup is That's so much sugar. So sugary. Get the no sugar added. Yeah, you it's not as sweet, yeah. but two tablespoons is like 40 calories. It's not like you're eating that as the meal either. Right. You're putting on something else to further enjoy consuming that other thing. And this is something that <laughs> like, is very important to keep in mind too. You, When you make a recipe, you want to hit certain flavor notes. And that's mm -hmm. really all you're looking to do in a recipe. So when, when we macro hack a recipe... Say we're making buffalo chicken dip, which you can find in our cookbook that'll be coming out soon. We were going to do football foods, but well, well. Now there's no damn football. Hockey foods? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's going to happen for like a little yeah. bit longer. Either way, when you make buffalo chicken dip, so say you have a party, get your chicken, shred it. Instead of using regular cream cheese, use fat-free or one-third less fat cream cheese. 
that's going to cut a shit ton of calories out of that recipe. You can also use things like low fat salad dressing, low fat shredded cheese. What else do we use at our house? We use, uh, we eat a lot of no sugar added jello and a lot of no sugar added pudding. Yep. Cause you just want to crush the craving. Yeah. That's all you want to do. It'll get you through that craving. Yeah. Hell, even just keeping fruit on hand at all times. Mm -hmm. Usually if I'm like, oh God, I could totally have like a Milky Way right now because Snickers sucks because nuts and food are gross. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But if I feel like I have that craving, if I just like pop a handful of blueberries or something or grapes or whatever. Yeah. Typically when you're craving something, your body actually needs something else. We're going to help you streamline the process. Because it is a process that can be difficult. It can take a long time, but it's so worth doing. It really, really, really is. It really is. Yeah. Like when you start um, on this journey, if you, if, I mean, if you decide to do macros or whatever you're deciding to do, figuring it out for yourself, like even just tracking your food is a good place to start because then you're keeping yourself accountable and yep. you're more aware. Yeah. Like when you have to start writing down every single thing that you're putting inside of yourself, you're like, oh shit. Okay. Then you start seeing patterns too. Which is consistency. Exactly. And that is super, super, super important. I don't know. I, I, I don't think I can really emphasize how important consistency really, really is. It's like the hardest part, but it's the most important one. It takes some time to master consistency because yes. building habits can be difficult. So what you want to start doing, if you do want to do this, the first thing I would tell you to do is invest in a good food scale. You can find them for like 10 bucks on Amazon. It doesn't mm. matter. It doesn't have to be fancy. Just something I would recommend not getting one that's the totally flat panel. Get something that's got a riser on it because if you put something like a big bowl on your scale, you're not going to be able to see the LCD readout. Yeah. So get one that's got like a platform and weigh everything. Weigh everything. Everything. Coffee creamer? Weigh it. Measure it. You'll be surprised how off you are. Two tablespoons is a serving of coffee creamer. Yeah, and you'll be surprised also how small an amount of peanut butter two tablespoons is. It's yes, depressing. It is. <laughs> yes, it is. But you need to learn what a portion size is. Yep. Weigh everything. You're going to feel extra, and that's okay. You have to teach your brain what a portion size looks like. Because as Americans, we have huge portion sizes. Portion distortion is really a thing here. It yeah. really, really is. That pasta that you're getting at Olive Garden is typically three to four serving sizes. Yep. It's astonishing. Really. You don't you don't need four servings of pasta in one sitting. No. No, you really don't. That could the the serving that they give you could feed your whole family. Exactly. If we weren't like here. <laughs> yeah. And talking about Olive Garden, part of teaching your brain what a portion size looks like, you know what? Take that scale with you. I have one that's small enough I can fit it in my purse and I take that thing everywhere. You yeah. know the looks I used to get when I would roll into a restaurant and throw that on the table and throw my steak on the scale? Right. They're like, what the hell is this lady doing? I don't care. I got shit to do. I got yeah. gains to chase and I got abs to find. <laughs> exactly. Well, and really, especially in the beginning, I personally, I tried not to go out to eat very much because I was trying to get that consistency down because really it is everything. It's also, it's the toughest part of the whole deal, but you have to commit to it, especially in the beginning. So I got like a portable food scale that I could take with me when I felt comfortable going out to eat again, because I had kind of wrapped my mind around everything. You also have to, you're going to have to learn to cook in some capacity. And if you don't know how to cook, you might need to lean on a meal prep service. Yeah. 
Which that is a more, it's not as cost effective as cooking at home, but we do have some things that will help you streamline your meal prep process going forward. Spoiler yeah. alert, if you don't have an Instant Pot, you should look at getting one. Oh, it makes everything so much more convenient. You Dude. could take something frozen and shove it in there and it's I've done. cooked frozen bricks <laughs> of hamburger for taco meat in 20 yes. minutes. It's amazing. It's a beautiful thing. It is a good investment. It is. It is. And they're cheap. They're always on sale. Yeah. Always. I, I found like in the beginning of like I track my macros because for me, that's the easiest thing when I could find when I finally wrapped my mind around it, it was the easiest thing that made the most sense because it just made the most sense to me, which is fine. Like I found that in the beginning, it was easiest to like keep a notebook around yeah. and around the kitchen or even on me so that if I didn't have access to my meal tracking app, I could just write it down. Yeah. Just write it down. Then you don't forget. And you're still keeping yourself accountable. Food diaries are important. Yes. I like personally use my fitness pal. It's free. It's got a huge database of food in there and I got the barcode scanner that makes exactly. it so easy but scan it. but you need to check. double check when you scan your barcode that everything matches the label on the back of the box because sometimes my fitness pal isn't 100% accurate and you are gonna have to you're gonna have to be obsessive I had people ask me if I had an eating disorder I was so obsessed about mm -hmm. but you need to do it your end goal is intuitive eating yeah and I have just recently started doing you want to be able to eyeball your food and know exactly how much that serving is. Yes. You're not going to weigh your food forever. No. You won't weigh your food forever. We don't want you to weigh your food forever. We want you to know what everything is supposed to be, because if you have the information to succeed, you more than likely will succeed. Exactly. Like it may sound like you have a lot of shit to do, <laughs> but it's, it's like so, 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 so worth it in the end. It really, it really is. is. Like knowing exactly what a serving looks like over and over and over again like gets you off of having to weigh everything all yeah. the time. But the consistency that comes with that is the only thing that teaches your brain to like, no, now I like play a game with myself where I'm like, I bet that's this many grams. And I'm usually only off by plus or minus five. Yeah. It's, and then I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm awesome at this. Nail it. But like, that's like the end goal is to be able to do that. And yes. then know, you know what you're putting in, like how much you're putting in, because after a while, you'll find that you do just start eating the same foods. Yeah. You do. Yep. And you'll just always know. Yeah. Like a container of the yogurt I eat is, it says it's this, it says 150 grams on the thing. Consistently, it's never over 145. It's really? like 142 to 145. So see, that's where it's important to measure <laughs> because you're getting more food because they're shortchanging you on your yogurt. Exactly. It's like only a few grams, but at the end of the day, maybe you want to have a piece of string cheese. There you go. Yeah. There's your protein. See, this is, this is <laughs> what If It Fits Your Macros is all about. Oh, I've got 250 calories left today. Oh, I've got some carbs and fat. I'm going to have half a pint of ice cream or yeah. whatever. You know, that's, yeah. that's exactly, cereal. if you get to the end of your day and you want a snack before you go to bed, have the bowl of cereal. Yeah. I eat, we, shit. You know how much cereal we eat at our house? Like, Cereal's so good. Oh too. my God. So much Malto meal cereal in my house. <laughs> it's so good though. It's so good. But it's good cheap carbs. Pop-Tarts are good cheap carbs. Nutri-Grain bars are good cheap carbs. Rice Krispie treats are good cheap carbs. Like mm -hmm. if you're crashing before a workout or during a workout and you need some sugar, keep that stuff on hand. Fruit snacks. Yeah. Those are perfect. They're Fruit great too. Are great. Fruit snacks are perfect. Yeah. Throw a handful in. 
It's 150 calories. It's some sugar. It'll keep you from falling on the floor. Exactly. Exactly. Also, you want to start looking at things like the 80-20 method. This is, this is what I use now. So the 80-20 method, basically, basically it is telling you like 80% of your week, you're going to stick to the plan. You get to indulge for 20% of the time during your week, which isn't bad. You still get to have treats. That allows you a treat like every other day or even close, depending on the treat, every day. Exactly. It really just depends on what your caloric intake is and what 20% of that would be. And you can take that 20% and you can stick it wherever in your week that you want. If Monday is a shit day for you and you want to go out and have some cold stone, do it. Put it in there. You just took out of your 20% for the week, but you can put that other remainder somewhere else. It's all about moving things around to make them work for you. So you eat healthy 80% of the time. You indulge 20% of the time. It's, it's a good way to help you get in shape because it keeps you consistent. Exactly. You're staying super consistent for 80% of the week. Right. And then you don't have to have like a cheap day or, you know, yeah. or a cheap meal because you're already, your <sighs> treats are already built in there. We, we could spend an entire Can we talk about that? how much I fucking hate the concept of a cheap meal and a cheat day? It's stupid. It's just, I, like, I found personally when I was restricting what I was eating, like, and what I was allowed to eat, it was so fucking easy for me, like, especially on a Sunday, to binge eat the entire day because that's my cheat day. Yep. By doing that, I single-handedly in one day, undid every single good thing I did all week mm-hmm. because I thought I had to earn eating quote unquote crap food. You never have to earn your food. No. One day of meh intake isn't going to ruin all of your progress. If you mess up, you start again tomorrow. Nobody's going to be perfect right away. And even now I've been doing this for years and I still fuck up. Yeah. I took a three month vacation from training over the summer. Yeah. Like sometimes you just, you need a break. Yeah. And that's the other thing too. Like you, you have to be willing to allow yourself some grace and some patience Absolutely. and some forgiveness. Like you don't need to be so hard on yourself. You don't have to work off anything to earn treats. You don't just make them fit into your day or your week. Just plan for it. That's all that's you have to all do. You, that's literally plan all you have to do. It. Here's a good way to plan your meals. If you struggle with working ahead, put all of you do this. I do. I'll let you do it. I don't do I, this, but you do this. And I know it works for a lot of people. So what I do now, I pre-plan the night before what I'm going to eat the next day. Because then I have time and I'm not just flying by the seat of my pants. Because if I fly by the seat of my, my pants personally, it's easier for me to say, fuck it. I'm just going to go to Burger King. Absolutely. If I plan out my day the night before and put it in my fitness pal and be like, this is what I have for breakfast. This is what I'm going to have for lunch. This is what I'm going to have for dinner. Then I know what I have left over for the day. And if I want to have a beer the next day or three beers or whatever the hell I want to. Whatever you have room for. If yeah. I've got that much left over, then it's already sitting there. Like I don't have to worry about it the next day and then Tetris my day and stress myself out. Like I already know what I'm going to eat because I already pre-planned it. All I have to do is eat it. Yeah. It's that simple for me. Yeah. That's, I just prefer to do it that way because I was struggling for a bit and Tetrising my days together the day of and then I was... I wasn't being, I wasn't able to be as consistent because I didn't have a foundation or a path to follow. Structure is very important. You need to figure, that's another thing you're going to have to figure out. I'm sorry to tell you that you're going to have to do some work. (laughs) 
Cause yeah. that's the anti I feel of what a lot of people in, in the fitness industry will tell you is that you're going to reach your goals in 30 days or less, which is mm-hmm. utter fucking bullshit. Yeah. You might reach a goal, but then what? Yeah. Then, okay, cool. then how do you support goals further on? It's a snowball at the top of a hill that lands you in a pile of shit. It just, it never ends right. You always end up screwing yourself in the end when you do that. It's, it automatically from the jump sets you up for failure because it's only, it's giving you like one goal and then it, that's it. Yeah. So like you deprive yourself and you just drink water with some lemon and pepper in it for fucking 30 days and boom, you're fixed forever. That like you're going to have it out heartburn loud? and acid reflux so bad. But doesn't like saying it out loud like that just sound ridiculous? It does. It does. And people, people <laughs> will try to market that to you and convince you that that's a legit solution. It's not a legit solution. Quick fixes are exactly that. A quick fix. It's not a long run, long term goal plan. Yeah. You got to be willing to put in a little bit of work to make it sustainable for yourself. And you need to understand that as time goes, your body's going to change and your goals are going to change. And we're going to talk about a little bit of body dysmorphia once we really start digging into the show, because that's something personally I've dealt with. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's, yeah, that's something a lot of people that who, who are exiting out of a less healthy lifestyle into a more healthy lifestyle deal with. Yeah. Your body's going to feel like crap at first. You're going to want to skip workouts, but don't let yourself fall off the wagon before you can even start. If you can gut out the first month, you're set. Yeah. The first 30 days are the worst. They, they're, it's gonna suck. Like we're, but once you get past the sucky part, that's how we start that. And that's when we step in we're like, we're going to help it suck less. You get, and here's the, how you, we're going to give you the toolbox to get through the first 30 days. And then you're going to hit the ground running. If you can stay consistent for the first 30 days, then you know, it's sustainable. Absolutely. If you couldn't stick to that for 30 days, try 30 something days else is how long it takes to form a habit. Yep. It's the beginning of a habit. If you can stick through that first 30 days, and it isn't as shitty as you thought it was, then you know this will work for you. You also need to find your workout life mate, like your soulmate workout. I feel like when you first get into fitness, it's really hard to find something that you're into. Personally, I I got into body combat. Mm. Les Mills body combat was my my gateway. Yeah. And then I started wanting to lift. And then my goals changed from wanting to have a bodybuilding physique to wanting to be able to do CrossFit and Olympic weightlifting. Like, your goals are going to change as you go. And that's fine. Just You're be allowed. Allowed. Like, allow yourself and be prepared to adapt. And you will fail sometimes. That's okay. Failure is part of the journey. Yes. You need to You need to fail. Because when you fail, that's when you learn oh shit, I need to pick this back up and do it this way. Right. You have to trust in the process because nothing great is going to happen overnight. Being in the gym and lifting heavier and heavier thing things like requires food. It requires commitment and dedication to yourself, a belief in yourself. Muscles require a lot of food. So you got to like kind of change your mindset almost around food. And then you have to be able to be forgiving, patient with yourself for just about anything to work and be successful. Like this isn't a viral post. This is like your life. You're doing this to find something to better yourself. And like at the end of the day, you're doing it for you. It's not for that other person. It's not for whoever. You're doing this because somewhere 
somehow you got fucking sick and tired of the same shit that wasn't working. And this is where you need to find your proper balance. It can be hard. It'll take trial and error, but you'll eventually find what does work for you. Yeah. And to a certain extent, like you're going to be required to be obsessive about it for a little bit, especially in that first 30 days, if you want it to work or even see if it works. Yeah. Um, like you're, <laughs> I hate to say it like this and almost sound gross, but you have to be obsessed with what and how much food you're putting into your mouth. Absolutely. Like- <laughs> there needs to be a certain level. I think that's, that's a hallmark of anything though. If you're going to dedicate yourself to something, there is a certain level of obsession required. Yeah. But this is where you need to find the balance. You need to be just obsessed enough, but not too obsessed that it becomes a problem. Exactly. Fueling badass workouts takes a lot of food. And once you realize that food is your friend, everything changes. Everything changes. And once you start enjoying eating to fuel your body because you know that the food that you're putting in your stomach right now is going to make you feel great in two hours when you're throwing shit around, Mm -hmm. that's the best. Yeah. And eventually after you're strict with yourself for a little bit, not I didn't say depriving. Notice I didn't say depriving. Being strict and depriving yourself of two, they're not even like kind of friends. Like, yeah, you, you want to be strict. You don't want to deprive. Deprivation is not Be strict with good. yourself enough that you can figure out what's going to work best for you. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about balance, you have to remember, you can still go out to eat places. Notice, we didn't tell you you can't go out to eat. You just need to change how you order. So think about going for grilled chicken options instead of fried. Maybe a wrap over a sandwich. Eat a fucking salad every now and then. If you forget to bring your lunch to work, you could go to Subway. You could go to Taco Bell. Subway, though, however, and I feel Taco Bell is the same. It can be as healthy or as trashy as you want it to be. So choose carefully. Like a couple of examples from Taco Bell. There's the power menu bowl. It's totally customizable. It comes in at 470 calories for the chicken version, 430 calories for the vegetarian version. The grilled steak soft taco, 200 calories each. Chicken soft taco, 170 calories each. Subway, you can do stuff like the veggie delight. You can do the chicken breast. You could do the turkey breast. And basically anything that's not fried or covered in cheese. Yeah. Get light mayo. Or leave it off and wait till you get home. Or leave it off and put it on yourself. That's also another thing that you can do to make sure that your portion sizes are right. You'll be able to streamline the process and figure out how to make it work for you. You just need to start. Yep. Just start. Just start. You don't even have to start on Monday. You, you don't have start. to start today. You never, like, I don't understand that. And then this could be a whole different thing because I know we're about to wrap up here. But, like, you don't have to start on Monday or Sunday. You could fucking start right now at 4 o'clock on whatever day we're on. Day like, one can be any fucking day that you want it to be. start. Just start. That's why we're here. We're here to help you start. So if you have questions or you're having problems, or how do I do this? I don't understand it. Send us an email. Hello at meatheadtestkitchen.com. We will help you figure out whatever the problem is to the best of our abilities. And we will try to hold your hand in this process because having somebody there to- Or slap it if that's what you're into. I mean, yeah, (laughs) if you like tough love, that's fine too. But email us, hello at meatheadtestkitchen.com. We will help you navigate this epic- tale that is your journey to new fitness and hopefully it'll suck a little less than what you've done before i mean i don't i know i said this last episode too but it's gonna suck but some things that are worth doing i mean they just suck do your bitch work do your bitch work it will pay dividends for you in the future 
Next week, we're going to talk to Meredith Root and Alex Parker from Tactic Nutrition. Some macro myth busting. I'm really excited about this. I love them. They are two of the brainiest people that I, I know in the world of fitness right now. They are hella smart, and I am super excited to talk to them. We're going to talk about macros, the importance of accountability, what a CrossFit Games athlete eats on the daily to fuel their workouts, and more. Hopefully you'll join us. Meathead Test Kitchen, out. out. Join Sadie and Sasha every Monday, helping to make your fitness and nutrition journey suck less. MTK. MTK.